Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. It's just a little hocus pocus. <laughs> right, Peyton? Just yeah. kidding. All right, chapter eight. Let's do it. Whoop, whoop. Who's ready for chapter eight? You know what? Let me put a pillow on my lap so I can post this book up. All right, ready? All right. Chapter eight. At last, Max and the girls homed, homed in. <sighs> Sorry. Homed in on Salem's Town Hall, a two-story red brick building with the sound of live bands spilling out and down the street. The windows of the second floor were washed with purple light from the party happening inside. A banner above the double doors read Salem's 16th Annual Town Hall Pumpkin Ball. A great, Max said, leading the group across the street. How are we ever going to find Mom and Dad in this place? I'll wait outside, said Binks, jumping onto a low branch of a nearby tree. If anything happens, shout for me. Max eyed the noisy building. How will you hear us? He asked. Um, I won't, Binks said, but might help you feel better. Danny held out her arm to Binks and relented, leaping into him. Max jogged up the steps and opened the door for Allison and Danny. I should be eating... I should be eating peanut M&Ms right now, Danny muttered, and she stalked past. Actually, Max said, you should be in bed. Danny rolled her eyes. I'm going to find Mom, she called to Max before disappearing into, in between a policeman and a jellyfish. The town hall's second floor was a huge ballroom, and it was packed with half of the adults in Salem. On the raised stage, a skeleton in a top hat sang Sinatra's witchcraft, and the band members were dressed as skeletons too, and they really blasted the brass. Max... Max wondered fleetingly whether their drums would give him a lesson, or whether their drummer would give him a lesson. The whole audience was dressed up, and they seemed to have gone all out. Max spotted a sequined, a sequined Viking, a knight full of a knight in a full suit of silver armor, and a timely Bill Clinton. "Are you sure that your parents can fix this?" Allison shouted over the music. "What if they don't believe us?" <sighs> What choice do we have? said Max. Two strong hands grabbed Max by the shoulders and he shouted, spinning around. Oh, he said, relieved. Dad. It's not Dad, he said. His father said in a Roman, a Romanian accent. It's Dadzula. <laughs> Get it? Because he's yeah, a vampire. <laughs> Max winced at the terrible joke. Oh, my goodness, his dad said, taking Allison by the hand. Who must this charming young blood donor be? Dad, Max snapped, something terrible has happened. Danny, his eyes asked immediately, letting go of Danny's hand. What's wrong with what? No, 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 Max said. Danny's fine. Danny's, his dad's face grew stern. Good, he said, and then turned to Allison and excused himself. He put his arm around Max's shoulder and pulled him off to the side. What is it? It's, it's complicated. I promise, promise that you'll believe me. You know I can't do that in advance. Shoot, Max. Look, whatever it is, just tell me. On the stage, the skeleton did a complete 
a complicated dance and turned and leaned into his microphone. Cause it's witchcraft, that crazy witchcraft. Do you know that's a real song? Mm. Wow, she's so impressed. Mm. Thanks for the support. (laughs) Across the room, Danny sidestepped a costume that made the wearer look like Aladdin, seated on a flying carpet. (sighs) She peered into the mouth of the alligator. Mom, she asked hopefully. The reptile shook its head and waddled off. She turned and near and nearly crashed into a blonde woman in a red bussier, the cups which were built in to look like two spiraled cones. Mom? Danny asked, aghast. She nearly dropped Binks. What are you supposed to be? Her mother looked flustered. Madonna, she said, and gestured at her costume. Well, you know, she continued, suddenly self-conscious. Obviously, don't you think? Danny sighed. Come here, she said, holding Binks towards her mother in hopes that he would speak. What? asked her mom, crouching down to hear her daughter better. Danny pointed up to Bink's head with one hand. This cat, okay? she said. He can talk. My brother's a virgin, and he lit the black flame candle, and the witches are back from the dead, and they're after us. She took a breath. We need help. Her mom paused and then placed a worried hand on Don- Danny's cheek. How much candy have you had? How do you know what that is? Because it says it in the movie. How much candy have you had, honey? <laughs> the words came tumbling out of Danny out of Danny as she realized that her parents might actually not believe her. Mom, I haven't had... What? What does that say? I haven't had ud? It says udded. I don't know what that means. Oh, I haven't OD'd. That's what she said. I'm like, udded? I What? I haven't OD'd. I haven't even had a piece. They're real witches. They can fly and they're going to eat all the kids in Salem. They're real. All right, her mother said warily. Let's just find your father. The jazzy skeleton wrapped up his crooning. Thank you, ghouls and ghoulettes, he said with the crowd grinning as as the applause swelled and died down again. The band immediately began an up-tempo cover of Jade Hawkins' I Put a Spell on You. And Danny... Yeah, that's right. Then the Denison family... Co- um, convened with Allison looking from looking on from the sidelines. Guys, Mr. Dennison said impatiently, I love you, but enough is enough. Just calm down. Max fumed. They're going to come. Don't you guys have, don't you guys see how crazy this sounds? Insisted his dad. Danny caught sight of something across the room. Max, she shouted. Max, they're here. Max turned away from his dad. His eyes rippled over the crowd. When he spotted the three witches, Winifred apparently chewed, chewing out Mary and Sarah for sucking face with the mummy, and Max took off. He ignored his parents' pleas from him to come back. Instead, he scrambled to the stage, and he wrestled the microphone from the skeleton. Cut the music, he shouted. Hey, man, I'm in the middle of a song, complained the singer. It's an emergency, Max told him, still speaking into the mic. Only for one minute, he turned to the crowd. Will everybody please listen up? (sighs) Your kids are in danger, the crowd gasped, and the startled adults pressed closer to the stage. 300 years ago, Max said, the Sanderson sisters bewitched people, and now they've returned from their grave. The room of people laughed. I'm serious, Max said. This isn't a joke. I know it sounds dumb, but they're here tonight, and they're right over there. He added, pointing to where the sisters stood and reached them, looking nervously. A spotlight scanned the crowd and stopped on the three Sandersons, and everyone gasped, stepping away from them. When a friend recovered fast, fast. Oh, Winifred covered the fastest. Thank you, Max, she said, 
tapping her long fingernails on her chin for that marvelous introduction. The crowd laughed, and this time, smattering of applause, a smattering of applause also washed also washed the room. I put a spell on you, she said dramatically, throwing her hands in the air, and the keyboard took this cue and began to play a fizzy, sparkly tune. And now you're mine, said Winifred with a mischievous smile. A mischievous smile. Max heard Danny shout out the appreciative murmur. Don't listen to them! She was right, he knew. What if the witches actually did decide to put a spell on everybody? He leapt off the stage to help his sister as their parents dragged towards the exit. Uh, oh yeah. Allison trailed helplessly behind them, trying to reason with Max's mom without being disrespectful. You can't stop the, th- the things I do, said Winifred, and then broke into a trill. I ain't lying. <laughs> Remember that part? She pirated to scattered giggling it's been 300 years right down to the day and now the witch is back and there's hell to pay i put a spell on you and she repeated working the crowd and making her way to the stage and now you're mine okay. well i'm just saying it says it's in the singing voice i'm embarrassing peyton the snare drum rolled and the bass flared hello salem she called smirking at the children's smirking at the children's attempt to warn the parents my name is winifred what's yours she said sashayed the edge of the stage i put a spell on you and now you're gone 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 so long (laughs) okay i won't sing anymore my whammy fell on you cooned winifred and it was strong so strong so strong so strong (laughs) the wretched little witches have all been cursed said winifred grinning at the audience as they cheered because the witches are working and i'm the worst i put a spell on you and now you're mine max and danny's parents deposited the kids near the front door take your sister home max dad said it's too late for pranks he took his wife by the hand and led her back into the crowd max allison and danny didn't head downstairs right away instead they watched in horror as the whole ballroom danced to the witch's song someone bumped into max and turned ducking when he saw billy butcherson stumbling towards them through the delighted crowd danny screamed and grabbed allison dragging her into the other direction oh look he's there Billy's back. Back again. <laughs> Billy's back, 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 back again, again, again. Okay. If you don't believe, you better get suspicious, said Winifred, having all the time in her life. Ask my sisters. Ooh, she's vicious, they chorused. I put a spell on you, and now you're mine. Okay, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Um, as, they, as the band struck up the next... Uh, Okay, the crowd roared and whistled and the lights turned to a crimson wash. As the crowd struck up the next song, Winifred could be heard cackling as she sealed the curse. Dance, dance, dance until you die. Sarah pranced up the stage after her swinging her skirt. Good work, Winnie, said Mary. Winnie, good work, Winnie, said Mary, catching up to them. Of course it was, Winifred said. From behind the velvet stage curtain, she watched the results of her dirty work. Now these silly parents will be occupied without a thought for their darling children at home in their darling beds. We will have a feast tonight, sisters, but first we must find my book. Yep, that's right, book. The kids ran down the block into an alley behind Allegra's 
one of Salem's most popular restaurants. The alley was filled with stinking trash cans and discarded kitchen equipment, including an industrial oven and some broken blenders waiting to be hauled away. Max kicked the oven, cursing. He only managed to hurt his foot, so he kept limping back until he leaned against the brick wall. This is really bad, he shouted. Come on, Max, Allison said, startled. Calm down. Look, he snapped. I want I want you to take Danny back to your house and don't let her out of your sight. Max, I'm not leaving you, Danny said. The restaurant door crashed open and Max and Danny and Allison ducked behind the piles of trash. A chef stepped out to pick up a lobster out of the fish tank just as a sto- the door swung shut behind him. Binks's eyes widened. Uh-oh, he said, and jumped down to share the kid's hiding place. The three witches strolled up, following Mary, who sniffed loudly as she walked. I smell, she muttered, tasting the air. Winnie, I smell, I smell. Scrod, she withered under Winifred's hateful look. It's a bottom dollar, she explained. You know, they can eat sometimes with lovely breadcrumbs, a little bit of margarine. Ooh, the ol- or olive oil is good, she began to sutter and devolve from nerves winifred gave a disgusted sniff in her direction and abandoned the alleys but sarah stepped towards the trash cans her blue eyes wide as she searched for the source of this of some feeling she couldn't quite put on her finger sarah winifred said shrilly though she didn't bother to wait for her sarah allison tried to tried to inch past the oven but the door fell open and blocked her way she reached for the handle and closed it to, to close it, but then paused and turned to Max with a convening smile. I have an idea, she said. Mary and Sarah followed Winifred through the town towards the slender iron ironwork gate. Behind the gate was the largest building that the witches had ever seen. Its dark windows peering out of their red bricks. They'd come because the smell of the witch was strong enough that even Winifred, whose senses, whose sense of smell was poor, but had caught the wind caught as the wind switched what is this place breathed sarah it reeks of children mary almost humming in delight mary mary said almost hum, humming in delight it's a prison for children explained winifred she opened the creaking gate from the, and let her sisters in then cast a spell to unlock the prison's heavy door above the door a tall white letter spelled out the words jacob bailey high school a prison, a prison for children. <laughs> the hallway was wide and quiet as the sisters crept in, wider than the river that once ran through the town and quieter than the knights that went down to fish out dead fish and fishermen. As they shut the door behind him, the place filled with an unholy owl. Welcome to high school hell, a dark, said a dark warbling voice. I'm your host. Boris Karloff Jr. This announcement was punctuated by a thunder crash and a crescendo of evil laughter. The sisters wove from side to side in the hallway, trying to determine where the sound was coming from and how to avoid its owner. This time, meet our three contestants, said the disembodied voice. Sarah, Mary, and Winifred Sanderson. Read any good spell books lately? The sleek, dark body of Thackeray Baines flickered through the open door. He hissed at the sisters and scampered off. Winifred began to lead her sisters toward him when a pleasant female voice said, Hello, welcome to the library. Bonjour, bienvenue à la bibliothèque. 
Oh, Biblio. I don't know. I don't know how to say. I don't know how to say library in French. Bonjour. Bienvenue à la bibliothèque. <laughs> the sisters looked at one another and then shuffled to the, into the dark room and down a narrow hall. They found themselves in a distant wing where the strange carving sat on a narrow white pedestal. I would like a book, the woman said. Um, Je viadros un livre. Her voice came from within the small room lined with metal. The sister slipped past the iconography in the room, which smelled strangely of burnt clay and children. The sisters grinned at one another and then looked for the source of the voice and the smell. A black cat with a red blinking light sat on the shelf. The woman repeated her last request, but her voice flittered through a mesh paneling of a box. I think she's trapped inside, Mary said, sounding sorry for her. Winifred's eyes fell to the floor where the mounds of clothes and socks and sleeveless tops and shorts in accordance to colors lie scattered. It's a trap, she said, but before she could turn, the heavy metal door swung shut. Even before she saw the girl's face through the window, she knew that her and her sisters were toast. Winifred reached for Sarah's arm and she was more afraid than she had been 300 years before on the night that had gotten them caught by the townspeople. Then, as now, it was because of the things that she hadn't bothered to do. Her mother would have been so angry at her were she there. She'd have criticized her and told her that she would be more more thorough, more thoughtful, more like there was a click and the room grew a warm enough to make Winifred sweat. She muttered spells beneath her breath. Every spell she could remember, in fact, spells of protection and revenge, spells of clearing storms and finding lost pair of spectacles. The three children, even that damn, damned cat who looked awfully pleased with himself, peered through the narrow window. Winifred's hair began to smoke, and then alighted, and so too the did the lace of the hem of her dress, and then she yelled, Wretches! And then her and her sisters burst into flames. Um, that would be scary to see somebody that was alive, like, catch fire. Yeah. Huh. Mm, I don't think I would like that. Even if they're bad, I wouldn't want to see that. Huh? Yeah. Yuck. Yuck. Oh, yuck.